Welcome to the Shine Within Podcast. I'm your host, Gina Kunarian, and I am so grateful that you are here. I'm a wife, mother of three boys, certified massage therapist, and an alcohol-free sobriety coach who helps driven women break through their alcohol dependency without the traditional 12-step program. Each week, I will bring you inspiring guests with focus on mindset, health, and spirituality, providing you the tips and tools to help you create unshakable confidence, clarity, and energy so you can unleash your creative potential and live the life of your dreams alcohol-free. So tune in for some fun, and if you are ready to shine, welcome. Hello, beautiful listeners. I have some exhilarating news that I'm thrilled to share with you all. Are you ready to ignite that inner spark of confidence and embrace a life brimming with vitality? Whether you're pondering a life without alcohol, taking those first empowering steps into sobriety, or looking for rejuvenation post-alcohol, I have the perfect occasion lined up for you. So mark your calendars for September 25th at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time and prepare to dive into a transformative day with my Revive and Thrive Academy. This is the haven for incredible women just like you, eager to rediscover and celebrate their true selves beyond the bottle. And in honor of National Recovery Month, this day promises to be nothing short of spectacular. As always, I will be right by your side, cheering you on and guiding you every step of the way. Now, for those tantalizing details and updates on what's in store, make sure you follow me on Instagram at shine underscore Gina Kunarian, or you can find me on Facebook. I promise you, you won't want to miss out on the buzz and behind the scenes peaks. Don't forget to check the show notes to find the link where you can follow me. Today, we're journeying into the alluring world of romance novels. But not just any romance. We're talking about stories that not only tug at our heartstrings, but also touch on themes of sexual wellness, mental health, and the deeper connections we share. Our special guest is none other than the talented Liv Arnold, author of Law and Disorder and Etched in Stone and Stepping Stone, the riveting series that has captured the hearts of many. From embracing the power of imagination to canon confessions about introversion and personal growth, today's episode promises a blend of inspiration, introspection, and of course, romance. So grab your headphones, settle down with your favorite beverage, hopefully non-alcoholic, and let's dive in. Welcome back to the Shine Within podcast, hailing from Melbourne, Australia. Liv Arnold is a passionate writer whose characters grapple with authentic real-world challenges. A staunch advocate for mental health and sexual wellness, her influence has landed her features on the covers of notable magazines like Harper's Bazaar, Grazia, In Style, FHM and Playboy, where she discusses her literary contributions. Outside her writing realm, Liv enjoys indulging in cheesy delights, binge-watching TV shows, and diving deep into books till the wee hours. And let's not forget her pampered pooch group who enjoys the luxury of home-cooked meals. <laughs> Lucky doggy, right? <laughs> Thank you so much, Liv, for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me, Gina. And yeah, my dog is very spoiled. Like he he likes his steaks medium rare. Otherwise, he turns his nose up at it. When I, when oh we, I my goodness, that it. is hilarious. Hey, that's how I like my steak as well. <laughs> yes, he knows his stuff. He knows his stuff. And I love the name Groot too. I love the Guardians of the Galaxy. Is that how you got his name? Me too. 
Yes, it is. And um, yeah, most people know the reference, but really young kids or older people, they just think it's a funny name. <laughs> yes, I want to tell you something so funny. Like my little, I have a little son, he's seven, but when he was like one years old, or two, I think two, he loved Groot. So everything, and he reminded me, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy number two, he totally reminded me yeah. of baby Groot because it was like the same age and he looked like, it was so cute. You know, I had like the toy, I had that little stuffed animal. I had everything yeah. about Groot. because no. I, I love Groot. <laughs> but anyway. That was the best face, like yeah. baby Groot rather than Groot. Right? I know. I haven't seen number three though. So I'll see that um, sometime soon, hopefully. But I really enjoy number one and yes. two. And the crew is just adorable. So great name for the dog. See, he's so spoiled. He's still in our show already, right? <laughs> oh, anyway. So thank you again for joining. Um, you know, as a celebrated romance author, what drove you to intertwine mental wellness themes within your work? Um, so I've always had anxiety. Um, and ever since I was young, I would be worried about things that would never happen and spot, my mind would be spiraling until all hours of the night, until the alarm went off to go to school. And I didn't realise that was anxiety at the time. And it was very, um, I, I guess I would worry excessively over very small things, even things like, getting to trouble with the teacher or having yard duty. Um, yard duty is picking up rubbish in Australia as a punishment. Um, and, yeah, so I didn't realise I did have anxiety and I was only diagnosed in 2016. Um, and I thought when I'm researching about it, so many other people have gone through some form of mental health challenges at some point in their life and when I was writing this book I wanted to explore those themes like romance novels is very much like it does need that happy ending and um and happily ever after but it's very but um a lot of romance books these days they do have those real life challenges and I wanted characters that people could potentially relate to and connect with and maybe see themselves or someone else with that and I think that is important to see those rel relatable characters yes and I remember those romance of novels back in the day and they're just like you know you have this handsome man embracing this beautiful woman and they're like yes. posing like this like all oh <laughs> and it's like yes, okay the let's, yeah <laughs> right let's get to the real topics of the real people with the real issues that they have in yeah. relationships because that's what builds romance too is like you have to go through certain like challenges <laughs> in order for relationship to yes. grow right <laughs> yes now, I know and um with this book um stepping stone um it's a second chance romance of um a couple a married couple with kids that separated but managed to come their way back together again so yeah romance it's not all like fluffy and everything is womb worthy like that there are like a lot of married couples they do have their challenges because marriage can be difficult and that there, there are issues where people might grow apart or they experience different things and they have to work their way to find their ways back to each other totally I know right <laughs> they have to find their way so um you do the Wim Hof method right and then also cold therapy yes and uh, so can you talk a little mm -hmm. bit about that and what that is and how that's actually helped play a transformative role in your personal journey with anxiety yeah so uh when I 
I hadn't heard of the Wim Hof method before, but before that, um, I was going through a really big anxiety moment where like for a few weeks at least or a few months, um, I was having trouble getting out of bed and I was taking Valium every day to be able to get through the day. Um, and then my brother, he's a pharmacist and he suggested he asked me if I heard of the Wim Hof method. Um, and since he's in the health pro um, profession, I thought that like he, he probably should know what he's talking about. And um, he, he, he showed me who he is on his website and the program. And for the 10 weeks, it's a mixture of breathing exercises. So concentrating on different pulse points, meditating um, and also cold therapy. So it starts off with, like very small, so 15 to 30 second cold shower for the first week. But then by the end of the 10 weeks, you're doing 10 minute cold showers straight. And um, I have a very to low tolerance for the cold. So I didn't think I would be able to do it. But um, yeah, so I, I'm the type of person during winter, I'm wearing about five jumpers just to go out. And um, I, so I didn't think I'll be able to do it. And even for the first week where it was only 15 seconds, um I was just I was just jumping around saying this is cold this is cold this is cold like in the shower but then I did find I did build that resilience week after week like it gradually went up every week and to the point where it was 10 minutes where I felt felt my whole body going numb but then throughout the whole time the cold shower I find that all anxiety goes out the window because all I'm thinking about is I can't wait to get out of this and for my alarm timer to go off already <laughs> right so I've actually tried I do a lot of breathing exercises and I love breathing exercises but my sister actually took me to this um it's called reboot spots where they have the floating the floats where you just kind of float and you're all isolated it's like uh, isolation and decensored and yeah and then also they have what is called uh, the ice and hot plunge. So she took me there yes, in yeah. Berkeley, California. And I was like, okay, let's try this here. I can, I can empathize with what you're experiencing because I was in the heat, yeah. heat of the uh, sauna and it was so hot that you wanted to get in the cold. But when you got into like the cold tub, it was like yeah. ice, it was like freezing. You're like, <gasps> I was trying to like put my, my chest down and the furthest I got was like up just below my chin. And I was just laying there and like, yeah. oh my gosh. And then, <laughs> yeah. And then I wanted to go back into the sauna again and it was back and forth, back and forth, but it helped my muscles so much. I felt like, I think I... I think I slept like a baby that evening. And I was like, oh, this is great. So yes, the hot and cold therapy and the breathing and the meditation, all of that is going to help with anxiety for sure. One trick that I used to do when I was young, because yes. I suffered a lot from anxiety. I'm not sure if I, I don't think I told you that yet, but I had, <laughs> not yet hor yeah, yeah. So I had horrible anxiety. Started started off when I was a little girl uh, because of like some abuse that I was going through and it was in my stomach. Mm -hmm. And so I just felt like nervous stomach all the time. And then eventually as I got older, it led up to like my chest anxiety, heart palpitations, you know, numbness in the face and the hands all the way to the fingertips because I was hyperventilating because I was afraid. I was fearful of what mm -hmm. was going to happen to me. And then, um, but when I was going through uh, an outpatient program, they taught me like, okay, just say five things that you're wanting for yourself in the future and five things that you loved yourself about in the past. And so I was like talking to myself and then it kind of like helped with mellowing out that anxiety. But so I, I'm so happy you found something that works. Is there anything else that you do to help with anxiety? 
Um, so I tried hypnotherapy. Um, most people apparently do five sessions and then they're better. Um, so I've done five sessions. I still can't work out if I'm any better or not. I guess I'll have to say that like the next time something that would usually cause me the spiral comes my way and how I react to it. Um, but I found more than hypno. Um, so I started doing martial arts about since July. So combination of jujitsu and Muay Thai. And um, and I found that really helps me with anxiety because if I, I found that if I'm on edge, even up to the way when I'm driving to the gym, when I get to the gym and onto the mat, I'm just thinking about not getting punched to the face. So like <laughs> it's um so yeah, and I, I think um any sort of self-defense, it's always good to know self-defense and to to have that confidence. Like um so the reasoning behind that is like say if I'm having a horrible manager or something like that, to have that inner confidence that if it came down to it, I could take her on in a fight. Even though <laughs> I'll never do that, but it's just to have that self like confidence like when speaking to a bad manager maybe yeah you're ready to like (laughs) I was a big fan of Mortal Kombat and uh when I was young and I used to play that video game all the time oh you did okay so my favorite game and I always I actually literally when I was young I got the book the cheap book (laughs) I literally would walk to the uh game shop or whatever I don't even think it was game shop back then and then I would buy the book and then I would cheat and do all of, like the finishing finish me moves. It was so much fun. I love that game so much. But I never got into I martial arts. I used and to I play up. Melina. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And I used to yeah. play Tomb Raider. I used to play yeah, all those games. I think so. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, then uh, used... yeah, yeah, that's a good one. And I used to play. Uh, I think I played all of them. I'm thinking about like Sonia, her. Yes, and then I remember some... Sonia. Yeah, it was so much fun. Yes, so, Sub Zero. Yeah. Sub-Zero, yes, yes. Get over here. or Yeah, that one. (laughs) I don't know. There's so many characters. It would be fun to like go back and just play those games. But that's so awesome that you got into martial art. And yes, that is because when you're moving your body, Hmm. you're you're helping your body just not even think about anxiety because your body's already going to be feeling good. So it's not even going to be thinking about anything. And then also when yes. you're, you are building that confidence, when you, when you are doing that, you're like, yeah, I can, I can fight. What's up? <laughs> that is cool. I <laughs> like, I'm still terrible at it. Like I'm not a natural athlete. I was the type of kid that was picked last in gym or sport class every single time. <laughs> so, and this was actually the first gym membership I've ever gotten so I like I'm not an athlete so I I, so if I can do it other people can do it as well and that's so much fun yeah it's never too late it's never too late to get into anything you know maybe I'll get into martial arts now talk since we're talking about it yeah I know I'm a slow learner with martial arts as well because I don't even know how to swim so um I'm not used to being able to move like knowing how to move my body. I don't know how to use any of my body strength or muscle strength. So yeah, so I'm starting very, very new. And um, yeah, so, and with jujitsu, sometimes the coach would just show you, show you like 10 moves at once. And I, I'm having trouble remembering it all. So usually I think if you're learning something new, it does take your mind off things. So when he shows 10 moves at once and says, okay, now class, it's your go. I'm just thinking, sorry, what? (laughs) So yeah, so it's been really good. (laughs) Oh, that's great. Now your transition from coping with anxiety to being named one of LA's 
Weekly's top 11 upcoming entrepreneurs in 2023 is commendable. Can you share some insights into Thank this you. journey? Um, so I, I, I would say I still got generalized anxiety disorder that hasn't gone away. Um, just even the other day, I was spiraling over something small. So it was about um, someone lied to me, but this person was sort of known to be a liar. And my brothers were laughing at me saying, who would have thought that the liar would lie? And so I was spiraling about this for like all night. And this was only like a few days ago. So I think that even if it's seen that you are successful in some ways, those challenges can still happen behind the scenes. Like I always say that social media is all smoke and mirrors. Like people are showing the best aspects of themselves. When I try to put like a balance, like I, I am proud of my achievements, but if, but I do talk about having anxiety or mental health challenges quite openly on social media as well, just so people can see that other side of it. Um, And yeah, so I, I was spiraling over something so small, but then I had to just try to snap out of it. And so the next day I I, I, went, I just went to martial arts training, just did a few takedowns on people. And then like this person just snapped out of my mind. So, And I, I would say like, that still upsets me a bit, but I, I'm trying to learn coping me- mechanisms to be able to not have things as forefront in my thinking. Now, do you, so, so you said jiu-jitsu and what was the other martial art that you were doing? Muay Thai. Muay Thai. And what, so I heard of Brazilian jiu-jitsu and Muay Thai, is that like a Thailand, uh, like kickboxing? Yeah. So it's learning how to strike, punch, doing the elbow, doing the jab, cross punch, kicks, knee. So it's more striking. It's more um, cardio. So I'm already puffed out during the five minute warm up <laughs> you're like I'm done and I tap out speaking of tapping out so my brother this is when he was younger he's 40 mm-hmm. oh no he's 51 now sorry I'm all 40 and he was in the military and he was all in shape and everything he's a really good fighter so he was going to take on because you know how sometimes they went to like a, a Muay Thai ring and then the the, yes, the person yeah. was like can anyone you know want to volunteer to fight this guy here in the ring and my brother's like yeah I will well he got knocked out for first round right away so um, that would be me <laughs> he got knocked out but yeah I mean it's some hardcore stuff and he actually had a picture of it so one of his friends took a photo of it I was like oh no <laughs> oh so um yeah oh, that would have been a good memorabilia Right. Because um, I remember like in jujitsu last week, I started doing the gay classes where you wear the uniform and the belts. And um, and so we were doing open rolling with people and most people had a lot more experience than me. And um, I experienced my first swept where someone actually swept me over and I had no idea what was happening. And I wish someone took a video of that just so I could see how funny it looked. And I remember I, I started laughing afterwards because I didn't see that coming. <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh yeah i remember sonia and the mortal Kombat would i would always do that move with the sweeping and they fall down i love those are my favorite moves <laughs> so yeah yeah actually i can learn to sweep someone else <laughs> yeah that's right don't mess with her <laughs> now with a portion of the novel's profits being donated to the anxiety and depression association of america what do you hope to achieve for those mm-hmm. struggling with like similar mental health challenges 
for people to see that it is quite common, um, but there are also different avenues to help with coping with um, mental health challenges. So I found things like cognitive behaviour therapy, that never works for me. I tried different therapists, it never worked. Like they tried to talk, talk me through things, um, take me coping mechanisms, but I found a lot of these things are easier said than done. And I was taking Lovan, which um, is a low dosage um, prescription medication for anxiety and depression, even though I never had depression really. And with Lovan, it's, I found that didn't help me either. So even so even though I was taking that since 2016, um, this year I tapered off it and came completely off it because um, just randomly I was thinking, wait, I don't even know if this does much, so I may as well just come off it. So I did, and luckily there was no withdrawal symptoms or um, side effects because I did hear that sometimes side effects can be quite brutal when coming off it. And so I did try those two things. Neither of them worked for me. Um, but then I found the cold therapy um, and also the more physical things like martial arts that helps me more than what traditional, I guess, healthcare professionals would tell people to do. And I found pushing myself mentally, that was my way to overcome it. Um, so I've tried other things to push myself mentally, like fasting. Um, I regularly fast for 20 hours um, a few times a week. And when I first started doing this, I used to get really cranky and just watch the clock, like the timer to go down until I could eat something. And yeah, I was getting so cranky at people. And But then I, I found that I do get used to it. Like it won't kill me to do 20 hours of fasting. If anything, I felt kind of good after that because I felt like all the toxins were pushed out. Um, I wasn't bloated anymore because I think a lot of people with anxiety, they do have um, issues with stomach bloating, like, and also like stomach upset because like their, um, yeah, their issues, like people say the gut leads to the mind. Um, so yeah, so I found fasting helped me even with running on the treadmill or doing spin class. Um, sometimes like I'm just thinking about gasping for air without and all other thoughts, like it just sort of flew out the window. So with um, my books, I wanted to talk about just real life challenges so people didn't feel like it was only them. I think socially it's been more accepted to openly discuss it um but with my main male character and stepping stone so he has ptsd from the war and anxiety from the war in afghanistan and um i found that men are less likely to get help compared to women or openly talk about mental health challenges so that's part of the reason why i deliberately made the main male character he does have ptsd and someone i knew he experienced war in afghanistan so i got insight from him on how the ptsd symptoms would look like um like maybe being very startled if they hear a loud noise um and even though i've never been through the war or had ptsd uh, a lot of the symptoms it does go hand in hand with anxiety. It's very similar experiences. So I use my experiences to put into that story as well. Well, that's very nice that, that you do that. So because people are afraid to like say, hey, I need help. And it's okay to ask for help. I think that's the strongest thing you can do is to ask for help, I feel, because 
And then mm. there's people out here that will help you. Now, there's some points that you had yes. that you had said that I'm like, oh, wow, I mm. do that too. So I used to be on a lot of medication for anxiety and it was for mm. depression too, but I wasn't depressed. It was mostly, yeah. I had a lot of fear uh, to yeah. get over a lot of like uh, childhood trauma. And I was like taking like Trazodone, Boost Bar, uh, Lexapro, Wellbutrin. I've had, I've tried, let's yeah. see, what else is there? <laughs> there was a couple of more, but I forgot. Oh, Prozac. And yeah. none of that seemed to work. And I did the same thing as you did. I just kind of like weaned myself mm. off and started moving more and doing fun things. And it's so funny, you're talking yeah. about fasting. And it's so true. I'm currently on a fast mm. right now. I fast two days a week, but about like 30 something hours. though. Yeah. So, and at first I used to get cranky. Oh, 30 hours is pretty long. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, so, and so are you cranky towards the end? <laughs> You know, I just breathe. I just do my breathing exercises okay. and I'm just like, okay, let me just relax and meditate through this. And that's exactly what, and then I just pray. And then I just feel so much better. I said, you're just like, Lord, please give me some strength here. <laughs> but it, I, I do feel weak sometimes. And I don't like to like see my family eating while I'm not eating. I'm like, oh, that looks good. I want to buy no. nope. oh, any I discipline. <laughs> right. I know. So, I like if I see people eating, I just go to another room. <laughs> yes, yes. But you're so right about the it's, fasting it's too. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I, I found it does get easier with fasting. Like um, I, I've done 30 to 36 hour fast. And when you go to bed and wake up the next day, it's not like your hunger level is higher. I find it's reset itself. Like, so you, you feel the same as how you did when you woke up the day before so yeah so it, it it does take getting used to yes that's how I feel too I'm like oh because at night before I go to bed I'm like I'm so hungry I can't wait till the morning time so I can eat something and then when I wake up in the morning yeah. I'm like let's see how long this yeah. is gonna go I think the longest I've gone was maybe like almost 40 hours and as like, okay I tap out I need to like eat something a little something at least but it's so good yeah. so now yeah. Meredith Wild and Jay Kenner both New York mm. uh, Times bestselling authors have lauded your book. Yes. How does it feel to have such esteemed peers resonate with, with and appreciate yeah. your work? Um, yeah, yeah, and Cherry Dare as well, which um was all very cool. So, um, so I was reading these authors' books when I first started writing romance. Even before I started writing romance, I was reading their books. Um, so Mer Meredith Wild, um, she used to work in IT and she was also part of my inspiration with writing my books because she worked in a male-dominated industry. So when I started writing my books, I made it set in an investment firm because I used to work at a big four bank and but the t team, so each book is based on a different female team member that works in the uh, um, data analytics analytics area and IT and um, that's usually um, perceived as very male dominated so yeah they, they've been very inspirational to me these three authors and they had no idea who I was when I emailed them I just emailed them randomly and I wasn't expecting any sort of response because I, I, I'm a nobody and they're like these like Meredith Wild signing a seven million dollar deal so I wasn't expecting any response um so when I did email them um I sent them the blurb the first chapter and uh, 
And I was actually really blown away when they even responded saying, um, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll give you a review. So yeah, and then I used it as a front cover and yeah, and I'm still very appreciative of that. And it shows that they are very generous generous women as well as being successful. And um, I hope to be able to pay that forward the more successful I get as well. Oh yes, you've you are successful, and you know I used to read Cosmopolitan all the time when I was a little mm. bit younger. Um, I love that. That was like my Bible. <laughs> I'd me always too. have it with it. me. <laughs> no, but you actually yeah. give sex advice on there, right? <laughs> yes, Cosmopolitan, and I have for men's health as well, and. I, I pitch it from the point of a romance author. So like having mind blowing sex from a romance out of a romance book. And, um, and I think um, a lot of people, they feel very uncomfortable talking about sex because even though it is very human nature, but it's still seen as very taboo. Like even writing romance books, people often snigger about it or roll their eyes at it when it doesn't have that same um, stereotype for other genres and I find writing the sex scenes in my books a lot of fun um, and also writing sex tips for Cosmopolitan I found that a lot of fun as well and some of it has been a very eye-opening experience like I remember one time I was asked to provide a comment for um, the leapfrog sex position and I had no idea what that was and also the pinball wizard so I had to google this and some of this sex position it defies all gravity so um yeah so google is a very eye-opening experience and this this sounds very naive but i didn't even know what the eiffel tower position was when um when i saw the brief for that so i had to google that as well oh my gosh i don't think i've ever heard of any of those but what is a pimple wizard pop the pimple wizard <laughs> all right pimple wizard like it's sort of like you're kind of upside down and like I was and I was reading that you have to be quite fit for this so and when I was looking at this I was thinking oh I don't even know how this will work <laughs> oh my goodness that sounds so complicated <laughs> that's hilarious what is the like most interesting yeah. question you've gotten from somebody then you had to go ahead and besides the sex positions like is anything else that stood out mm -hmm. to you um, I get some strange DMs in my Instagram. So I think one random person, he um he he said, Do you really give sex advice? I need some some help for me and my wife. And when I read that message, I started laughing, but then I was thinking, I don't know if I should respond to this because um, you know how on Instagram, if you respond, it opens the channel of communication mm -hmm. um yeah so you don't know how strange this person could be and so what I do instead if it's like um uh a question that seems genuine I might address it in a story or in an Instagram post down the track but maybe not name that person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so people are like hitting you up on Instagram they're like hey by the way <laughs> Then you must have a lot of messages then because you're very well known. <laughs> um, but I get a lot of strange messages. I think a lot of men, um, since I do write sex scenes and I do write sex tips for Cosmopolitan, but I found some men, they slide into my DMs 
thinking that I'll be up for anything with them. <laughs> I don't even know this person. So I think that's also that stereotype um, that talking about sex openly, whether with like writing um, in my books, even though that cosmopolitan and romance books, they're the target audience is for women and it's from the female gaze. I think a lot of men, especially if there's something wrong with them, they, they think something extra with that and like they just assume that like I don't know I don't know what they're what's going on through their heads but I think they're assuming something will happen if they just dm me you know this is what they're thinking is they're thinking sex right away they're like oh a romance novel women author oh she and oh she's she does a sex advice for cosmopolitan let me go ahead and just yeah. you know step in so they can just get happy for just like a minute or two <laughs> anyway yeah, it's like i don't know what like how they come to that conclusion <laughs> i know <laughs> now uh your appearances on the cover of multiple high profile magazines discussing topics from your books to mental health must have been amazing and sexual wellness I and find that's wellness. like important like yeah because women being able to express their desires in a healthy and open way and also men as well I think that's important in a relationship especially if you've been with someone for so long and if you and I think that is healthy as well to not be ashamed of what you really want so everyone has their own desires they might have their own fetishes and um just as long as it's communicated in a respectful way um i think that should be more normalized and not seen to be like looked down on i think women especially um there's like that slut shaming type thing or like assuming that the woman is easy or something like that by just ex by even just simply expressing themselves and I found that's the way with um with even like if I post a sex advice story on on my Instagram I get DMs saying like okay so when are you up for this it's like no no no, no. Like, <laughs> and um yeah so it's that stereotype and I think it's important to break that stereotype and to be not seen as something that's taboo or to be looked down on or to be looked at a woman in a different way just as just because they're sex positive and to to be able to change that narrative yes yeah so I know because mostly women are just quiet about it they don't really talk too much about yeah. it to their partner like what they want I'm not like that I am actually very <laughs> well minded and I speak <laughs> however I feel I speak the truth so oh, when good. I want something I'm like you know what honey can you do this for me? He will do. Hey, yes. he has no problem. <laughs> but uh, normally it's the opposite. So sometimes <laughs> it's mostly on his on his side where he's asking me all the time. Okay, it's like okay, <laughs> I'm not a machine here. Yeah. But... <laughs> yes, like and you hear stories about with faking an orgasm, but I don't see the point of that because then then they're assuming that they're doing something right and I just think like if they're not doing it good enough you shouldn't be faking it right I mean I don't know how I I don't I've never have it in my life and I don't know how how I, that would work like I, I start laughing no either so I wouldn't even know what to do with that right oh my goodness I know it's like <laughs> anyway I was just thinking about it in my head I'm like okay okay <laughs> sounds too funny but um 
What message do you want readers and listeners to take away both from, you know, this conversation and, and from your body of work? Um, to, to say that romance books, it's not just all fluffy, happily ever after, like rich billionaire, handsome prince. It's not always like that. There, there are that tropes, which I do enjoy. Um, but romance books, like even if it's that fantasy romance, like the billionaire romance, the prince romance, um, most romance books do have that sexual wellness aspect to it where the woman does want to take control of their life and their sexuality and they do have mind-blowing sex, which is what everyone deserves. Um, so there's that aspect, even if it's that fantasy type romance. And with most romance books, there's that consent as well. So unless it's an enthusiastic hell yes, it's a no. And I think that's a thing that a lot of people can learn from um, in real life. Um, also, with I've been seeing a lot of romance books. They do deal with mental health challenges. Um, and I, I found that I've had some reviews or some readers reach out to me saying that they recognize these symptoms in their husband or that they have anxiety and it's good to see that they're not alone um, and that it's discussed so openly in a book um, so that it's very um, openly discussed and it's nothing to be embarrassed about. Um, yeah, so those two things, so sexual wellness, mental wellness, and it, it's something that to break those stereotypes that um that not that there is that stereotype that women that read romance books are desperate housewives they might be they might be frumpy they might be single and desperate but that's not true um it, it's promoting sexual wellness and mental wellness as well it is and you know we need to use our imaginations and i think books is a wonderful way yeah. to just use that imagination because i was just discussing this with somebody that as children, mm -hmm. we had beautiful imaginations. They were playing, you know, the sticks were sores mm -hmm. and Barbies were like our like best friend and they were alive, <laughs> you know, and just everything yeah. is so much fun. And so books just takes you to that place. It's like meditation in a way. <laughs> it's fun. It does take you to another world. And that's why I want to writing books because I was a big reader when I was younger and um, I would read all um, Edmund Blyton type in blood books, Sweet Valley books, and it does take you to another world. I was a very shy kid. I was so introverted. I, I still am introverted, but um, yeah, it, it did take me to, to another place. Yeah, believe it or not, I'm introverted too. Uh, <laughs> I like to be by myself. <laughs> and, I mean, I, I don't mind going outside. I, and... <laughs> yeah. Me but too. I, like, yeah. it's my husband. Like, sometimes he says, "Let's go out to dinner." I'm like, "Can I just? Can we just eat at home?" Or, um, yeah, I don't. I never liked going to bars or clubs, even as a teenager. Um, and when I'm out with friends, it sounds really old, but um, I feel like I have to be home by 10 p.m. So, <laughs> you, yeah, 10 p.m. Is that? I gotta go to bed now. Yeah, so for me, I, I yeah. actually had to drink a lot of alcohol for me to enjoy myself outside. Otherwise, I wasn't enjoying yeah. outside at all. I had to like, like, pretend like, like I'm somebody else. And, you know, so I could be like everybody else out there. But then that's what destroyed my health, you know, recovering from drinking. And, you know, it's been six years, though. I don't, I <laughs> I don't like the, the alcohol anymore. And it's not my friend. And I don't even think about it, really. And because I'm just enjoying life yeah. now and, you know, I'm reading more books, I'm exercising, I'm doing the breathing 
And I'm just enjoying yeah. life with my family. I don't have a dog. <laughs> Maybe one day I said to my husband, oh, when get we a get a, yeah, I said, when we move into a nice, beautiful house with a farm, because I want my own land with like vegetables and fruit growing. Yeah. I said, I want a big dog. <laughs> I'm like, I want like a marmaduke. Oh, that'll be something to look forward to. Yeah, oh, I love cats too. I love um, cats as well. Yeah, I've always been a dog person. <laughs> I love them both. Yeah. Oh, I just like all like fr- I just like furry animals in general. Like I never owned a fish, yeah. and so we got fish for the first time. And I'm like, man, every time I'm walking by them at the fish tank, they're like wagging their little fins at me and looking like, okay, feed me, feed me. I'm like, oh my Aww. gosh, you guys are like dogs. You guys are fish. You guys are hungry all the time. I said, you'll me die if I feed you too much. <laughs> but yeah, no, they'll explode. Yeah, exactly. So no, they only get one time, one pinch. <laughs> One good pinch because yeah, there's a couple like, of them in there. <laughs> yeah, Groot's like pretty good. When he when he's full, he just stops eating. Um, but I find like I prefer the um companionship of Groot than most people anyway. Oh, he sounds a cute, cute doggy. What kind of dog is Groot again? He's a Maltese Shih Tzu. Oh. So he's like a little white fluff ball. <laughs> he's so cute. Oh, no. Um, where can your I was gonna say followers. Where can our listeners? Since we're talking about Instagram so much, where can our listeners find you and follow you, and find your books? Yeah, yeah. So, um, it's available on all major online retailers. My book, so you can find it on Amazon, uh, Barnes and Noble, Kobo, all, all the usual stuff. So, I've got three books out. Um, one's Law and Disorder, that's an enemies to lovers romance. Um. Uh, so it's quite fiery. Then there's the two books that's out in the series, Etched in Stone and Stepping Stone. Um, I'm currently working on the third book. Uh, you can also visit my website, which is livearnold.com. Um, so that lists where all my book information and media appearances are. And people can find me on Instagram and Twitter, L-I-V underscore A-U, or also on Facebook, Live Arnold Author. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Liv, for joining my show today. It's been a pleasure and I cannot wait to read your books. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Gina. It's been a lot of fun. To my cherished listeners, from the very depths of my heart, thank you. Every single one of you who've showered me with those warm five-star reviews, your kindness shines so brightly. And if you haven't yet, know that your voice and support always matter. Your unwavering love has lifted us onto Feedspot's esteemed list of best women's sobriety podcasts. And it truly warms my heart. With immense love and care, I've created something for you as well. Introducing the Overcoming Challenges mini course, crafted especially with the intention to guide and support you through life's varied phases, because we all deserve gentle guidance as we navigate life's tides. Furthermore, I have two heartfelt gifts for our listener family. One is a seven-day challenge, a tender beginning for those curious about sobriety, and the other, a personal sharing from my journey, six-step blueprint to an alcohol-free life. This encapsulates the loving steps I took, I embraced beyond AA and the traditional 12 steps that have nurtured my own sobriety journey. To embrace these tokens of gratitude and love, simply text GIFT, that's G-I-F-T, to 1855-649-6196. Again, that's G-I-F-T at 1855-649-6196. With all my love and deepest gratitude, I cherish each and every one of you.